You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my God! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders, and of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Horsin' Around, back from the bye. On to week 11, Broncos against the Los Angeles Chargers. We're here to preview the game. I'm Andrew Mason of DenverBroncos.com and Orange and Blue 760. Joined by Ryan Edwards, also of Orange and Blue 760. Also a first and 10 at 10 with me and Steve Atwater. And you'll hear from Steve later as we talk to Adam Gatsis and Shaq Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> now... I've heard his name said so many times by him in the commercials that we run on Orange and Blue 760 and hear it in that distinctive Maryland accent that Shaq Barrett has that I have to say his name that way. Yeah, I have to be, I mean, when I'm bringing him on or we're interviewing him, I, I try to not make it sound like I'm making fun of him, you know, yeah. because there, there's definitely a certain amount. I can't hear it any different now. <laughs> I seriously can't. And even when I see his name or I see him make a play on the field get a sack i'm like the Sha- shack barrett sound you know Sha- shack barrett sack i mean it's just it's one of those things that uh i i can't get out of my head either so we're, we're on the same page but maybe yeah, you should start calling sack barrett sack barrett shack barrett sack barrett, Shaq barrett. <laughs> Shaq barrett. <laughs> he's uh but he's great man and and uh he he had some some great things to say so i can't i can't wait till people hear that interview yeah good stuff that we had from him of course talk to him in the locker room he was in the locker room we were back at the studio talking to him and the challenge for Shaq Barrett and the Broncos is a little bit different now than it was a day earlier, as we often say, citing draft day. We live in a different world now than we live in one day ago, one hour ago, five minutes ago. And we lived in a different world at 10.30 on Friday morning than we did at 10 a.m. when we learned that Max Garcia, left guard, is out for the season with a torn ACL suffered in practice on Thursday. Just another body blow to an offensive line that really can't afford any more shots in the wake of season-ending injuries to Matt Paradis and Ron Leary. I think that's the way I'm characterizing it as well. Just, just the more about the amount of injuries to the offensive line, more specifically than Max Garcia himself. It's the fact that your your depth was already tested. You're already going to have a new center in place. You're going to have Elijah Wilkinson playing guard, which he has not done for the Broncos yet. You're going to now have Billy Turner playing left guard, which. Uh, to my recollection, he hasn't done yet for the Broncos, at least not in a, a starting capacity. So, yeah, I mean, you've you've got uh, some significant uh, injuries there to the interior of the offensive line, and that's also sort of assuming health remains at your tackles because, again, Garrett Bowles and Valdir have both missed time or missed snaps. Uh, Jared, Jared Valdir missed whole games. So you're, you're not only tested immediately, as in within this game against the Chargers, but you could be tested as soon as very, the very next week if another guy goes down, and then what are you going to do? You shift one of those guys back out to the outside if it's a tackle, and then 
see if Sam Jones can fill in. Gino Gorkowski is a center. Maybe you put him in center and you move Connor McGovern around. I mean, you, you still have some options, but boy, they just they just continually get thinner. You have options, but you're running out of options. As I said on the show, you say next man up, but eventually you run out of next man. And they did bring in Gradkowski to bolster the depth, but that isn't an ideal situation, asking a guy to come in and play and play extensively in his first few weeks on a team. Even if he is a veteran, he's got to learn the checks and calls, so he's probably a ways off, but he's going to be active. Sam Jones, rookie out of Arizona State, also from Highlands Ranch, he's going to be active. These are your options if something happens up front and also probably involves a degree of position shifting along the line again if something happens to Jared Valdir. Mm-hmm. Valdir's already missed time. You imagine if Valdir is injured in this game, then you're probably moving Billy Turner outside and you're using Gradkowski or Sam Jones on the inside. If something happens to Garrett Bowles, and of course he missed some time earlier this year during a game, Elijah Wilkinson stepped in for him. So assuming that you're still using Wilkinson at left tackle, if something happens to Garrett Bowles, then you're inserting Jones or Gradkowski in at right guard where Elijah Wilkinson, oh, by the way, with all this, Elijah Wilkinson making his first career start at right guard. Yes. He filled in in the Texans game after Paradis went down and Connor McGovern moved to center, but you have Elijah Wilkinson making his first career start. You have Billy Turner making his first start at left guard. Of course, he's worked on the right side. Now, it helps that Joey Bosa should, if he happens to be out there, would not be all the way back. He's been practicing this week, but they're easing his way back in. The Chargers defensive line has not been great without Joey Bosa, but still, it's not an ideal situation at all. No, and... Uh, you imagine they're going to probably sign somebody off of the street, somebody from waivers. You're probably not going to be – we're past trade deadline anyways. It, the timing also is tough too because it's it's at a point in the season where if you're trying to bring in somebody from – I mean, look, Gino Gorkowski, there's a reason why Gino Gorkowski is out there. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, he's he's somebody that, that is considered depth and backup material, and that, that's really – so there's not going to be an opportunity to find somebody out there on the street that – was recently cut, and you say, oh, that's a starting caliber guard or tackle that you can immediately bring in. Most of the time, it's a depth kind of player that you're going to be bringing in and, and hoping that you'll you'll be able to just use them in case of emergency. And, and so there's a timing there, and then there's the timing naturally, of course, that this is on a Friday because you had put in a game plan through the bye week. You know, you say one thing. I mean, at least with Connor McGovern, he's known about this since – two weeks ago against the Houston Texans, or I mean a little less than two weeks ago when Matt Paradis went down in that game, uh, that that uh, Sunday game, he knew about it since that Monday that he was going to be filling in. He's had time mentally, physically to get in position where he knew he was going to be holding things down at center. Same thing with Elijah Wilkinson. He's known for a while that he was going to be the right guard, but now Billy Turner, who's been the right side guy, right. now slotting in on the left side, and this is all of a sudden days before – Probably the most pivotal game of the season. I mean, at this point, you you lose this game and and the season is officially done. More than likely, when it comes to any kind of playoff push, you have to beat the Chargers. I feel like we said that a lot, but in this case, I mean, you you really you've lost your margin for error completely. Yeah, you've blown the margin for error with losses 
like the one to the Jets in October. You couldn't afford that. And, of course, the close losses that happened against against good teams like the Texans, like the Chiefs twice, like the Rams, even though that took a late comeback to make it close. It was still a three-point loss for the Broncos. It was still a game that if they played better at the mid-game stretch, then you could have been talking about a, diff- a different type of result there. And I want to go back to the mid-game stretch here for a bit because – You've heard all week, if you've been hearing the Broncos press conferences or watching them on DenverBroncos.com or listening to, to bits on Orange and Blue 760, you have heard players and head coach Vance Joseph talking about a fast start, fast start, fast start. And I get where they're coming from specifically endemic to this game because the Chargers have fallen behind by multiple scores in the first half three times this year and have lost twice, losing to the Chiefs and the Rams. They were able to come back against the 49ers when they fell behind multiple scores. That's kind of been the 49ers' MO. They've had Mm -hmm. points of games where they've looked good and they've taken leads and they've fallen later on. But for this team, over the course of the season, the Broncos, the issue has been mid-game. In the first quarter, plus 23 scoring margin, you know what? That ranks sixth in the league. In the second and third quarters combined, they're minus 42. That's 26. So how do you figure out the mid-game? What do you do? Well, and that's where it's so confusing because they keep saying, let's start fast. We need to start faster. I mean, it's not so much about the start. It's, I mean, unless you're saying we need to start faster as in we need to build a bigger lead. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I, I guess so. I think all teams relatively would like to build the biggest lead possible. But it's more in this case about... What you do, as you put it in the second and third, is in maintaining that lead. And that's where the the Broncos have fallen short considerably for multiple games. Look, you're not going to win anybody, beat anybody at home or on the road. It doesn't really matter who your opponent is if you can't sustain a lead and allow your team to play to its strength, which is running the ball and rushing the passer. Those are your two strengths of the team. Yep. And if you, you can't maintain a lead, those, guys, the, those two facets become... I mean, something you have to kind of throw away, the game plan, because then you got to start passing more, which isn't play into Case Keenum's strengths. And then, of course, you're taking away a bit of your pass rush, which, again, takes away from the defensive strengths. So there's clearly a path for the Broncos to beat the Chargers. There's clearly a path for them to beat almost anybody in the league, as far as I'm concerned. But it, it kind of starts with, hey, if you're going to start fast, okay, fine, build that lead, but then sustain the lead. Don't don't give your team don't don't give your opponent long drives. Get let let them have opportunities to score on you and 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 then get into the almost like it was last year where here we go again. Yeah, that seems to be happening, but more in the second and third quarter with this team. Yeah, and the other thing I think you have to do, and and this is where I do think getting an early lead is important. You have to be in situations that allow you to run the ball and take your time. If this team gets in the point chasing mode. If they have to pass more often than they want to, then that could be a prescription for disaster with this offensive line. Oh, absolutely. You know, down two guys who are week one starters and down Max Garcia, a guy who has started for you in the past. Well, and we talked about it with Case Keenum, 40-plus throws in the course of his career is 2-7 and seven yep. in those games. He just simply isn't that guy, and that that's okay. Uh, you know, look, it's the same thing with a, a guy like Alex Smith. I mean, you, you you wouldn't typically say right now you'd want Alex Smith slinging the ball forty times in a game. I mean, I understand also people that will say, well, hey, if you're slinging that many times, that means you're probably trailing. Again, play to the strengths of the team. 
There are quarterbacks built on, hey, they're going to throw the ball. Phillip Rivers is an example. Uh, as a team, they used to put it all on Phillip Rivers, one of my favorite fantasy quarterbacks for many, many years, yes. just for the fact that I knew he was going to throw the ball a ton. That's what's different this year. Now, he's averaging two touchdowns per game, over two touchdowns per game passing. Uh, that he, he hasn't had anything less than that. But at the same time, they're not asking as much out of him. He doesn't have to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. And, and what the good news for him is that also cuts down on opportunities for interceptions. And that, that's what he's shown so far. Their running game, they're balanced. They're, they're, they're getting a lot of good work done on first and second downs. These are the things that the Broncos could definitely do too. There's, it just becomes a commitment to it. That's all. And so more so than Phillip, actually, you need the Broncos to adapt that mindset. First and second down, we're, we're going to come out max protect. We're going to we're going to push the ball. We're going to average seven and a half mm-hmm. yards per per first down attempt. And from there, this team can beat almost anybody if they can do something like that. But they haven't committed to it because of their mindset. They they think every single game plan has to have a different little flavor to it. I think you can throw in wrinkles, but in the end, when I watch the the, the Chargers, the way they execute, I think why can't the Broncos do a lot of these things? Yeah, they do a good job keeping teams off balance. You'll see a lot of motion before the snap. And I think a key is the Broncos have to focus on themselves, don't focus on what they're doing. Because the Chargers, they try to confuse everybody they face. And it's worked quite often this year, especially on first and second down. And the other thing is, if the Broncos can find a way to limit the Chargers on first and second down, they can set them up in third and long third down situations where the Chargers have to pass the ball, and that can play into the Broncos' hands. Vaughn Miller has played 14 games against the Chargers in his career. He's averaging just over a sack per game against Phil Rivers and the Chargers. 15 career sacks in 14 games. And why is that significant? Just take a look at Phil Rivers over the, over the course of his career and how the team does. When Rivers is sacked zero or one time in a game. The Chargers are 63 and 29. When he's sacked twice, it drops or twice or three times, it drops to 39 and 47. Four or more sacks, 9 and 23. Wow. And the Chargers have won 9 of their last 11 games when Rivers has been sacked one time or no times. That's incredible. And part of that is getting into situations where you can turn the pass rush loose, where you can say, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, go get him. You guys meet at the spot. Mm-hmm. Find a way to do that. But they can only do that if there's a lead. They can only do there's that if There's a lead, and if they're holding back on first and second down yes. and setting up third and six, yep. third and eight, third and ten, setting up passing downs where they can attack. Yep, and that's the thing. they got to have guaranteed passing downs. And so far, the Chargers have done such a good job of, of putting themselves in low-risk, yep. high-reward kind of situations that mm-hmm. they, they're taking advantage of it. And that, that, that's the mark of, of a good team that knows who they are. And that's, that's why the, the Chargers are an interesting case study, as I mentioned, for the Broncos, because they're a team that knows who they are. The, the, the rhetoric, the conversation throughout the week from players, from coaches, talking about the Chargers, they all said the same thing, that they, they've really dialed back what they're asking out of Phillip Rivers. They're really dialing back the, the expectation that it's all on him. And we didn't hear that for a really long time uh, about Phillip Rivers. We basically knew, hey, this team went as Phillip Rivers went. If he struggled, they're going to lose. They're going to lose badly. But if he plays well, and, and he typically does, then they're going to have a chance. 
And so beating a team like that, that that's playing efficiently, that is is accepting, hey, look, Melvin Gordon is playing out of his mind. We should be getting him the ball at every single chance. It's a lot like the Broncos and what we say about Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is playing out of his mind. He, he should be getting the ball every single chance you get. And that's why I look at this team and I say, the Chargers are what the Broncos could be. They just don't want to be yet. Melvin Gordon is playing out of his mind. But their quarterback, Philip Rivers, is also playing out of his mind. But it's a, as a yeah. benefit right. of the play calling in the offense. It's a benefit of having a running back that's doing that. It's just the Broncos, in some cases, not only because they get down, but in some cases they, they just opt to not use utilize their weapon's strengths. Melvin Gordon is a, is a multifaceted back. And Austin Eckler makes plays as well, Absolutely. rotating in. A- a- absolutely. But it's a one-two punch the Broncos could have with Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. That's the problem is they do have it. Yeah. But, but it's an inconsistent usage, and we do know that because we've come in here on Mondays talking about this, the, the game and saying, I really thought there was going to be an opportunity to do this with the run game, with the running backs out of the backfield, and early in the season, especially in the Seattle game, we saw it all. And this is an opportunity, hopefully, to get back on track because the Chargers are a pretty middling defense. You know what's interesting? Looking at the Chargers and Phillip Rivers, he has a 115.4 passer rating right now. It's the highest of his career. If he holds mm-hmm. on to that, it'll set a personal record. The two previous highs for him were 105.5 in 08 and 2013. 08 is still a little bit in Tomlinson. Yep. And... It's amazing what that running game can do for him because he can capitalize on it, and he has. 21 touchdowns against four picks, 9.0 yards per attempt, and that 115.4 rating. And I look at that, and looking over the course of his career, when he gets to 117, so just basically a tick above 115.4, when he gets to a 117 rating in a game, the Chargers are 50-5. and five. So... There you go. That's that's a bit of a goal here with Philip Rivers. Is is you really you're don't have let to, him get to that point that's because right. that's an you know that's a ten out of eleven chance of a win if he gets to one seventeen. And that's what's so frustrating is I I see so many ways in which the Broncos are going to win this game. Uh, the 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 way that they were able to take advantage of opportunities against the L.A. Rams offensive mm-hmm. line, an offensive line that had never given up five sacks in the Sean McVay era. They've been stringing them together. They're starting to pile up the pressures and sacks. And I think they can absolutely do this. I know the Chargers haven't given up a ton of sacks either, but I, I, I have no doubt that they're going to find ways to to make an impression on this. But you said it perfectly. It's it's really about getting into guaranteed passing situations because of the Chargers can put any kind of guess in there of whether they're going to hand it off to Melvin Gordon or Philip Rivers is going to pass. Philip Rivers on the season has the best quarterback rating on play action, 150.9. And, oh. I mean, it, it is tops. Look, Drew Brees. Drew Brees at 148.4, but you know how prolific that offense is. Russell Wilson, um, and I don't have, including last night's stat, but he had a 141. Those are the top three guys. But Phillip Rivers, 150.9, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a completion percentage of almost 79. Wow. That's Phillip Rivers on That's play action. That's 79 completion percentage is just mind blowing, but and that's not adjusted. That is right, that's straight actual, up, yes, actual completion percentage. But see, the, what that tells me is that they're in down and distance, or they're at, mm-hmm. at whatever whatever point in the game where the defense has to play play them straight up, and because mm-hmm. the defense has to play them straight up, they're taking advantage. Big challenge for the Broncos. They'll have a lot of fans at StubHub Center, no doubt, but still, 
stern challenge for the Broncos as they try to, I hate to say it, but try to save their season, really, because you lose this game, that's that seventh loss that usually is the point where you're saying, okay, you're looking at the future. You win this game, you keep hope alive for another week. As they said in Star Trek Three, <laughs> you turn death into a fighting chance to live. You know, rebellions are built off of hope. I like it. We're mixing our space opera metaphors Steve here. Steve wouldn't know the difference. That's, you uh, that's know, true. If he, he if, wouldn't. If Steve's <laughs> listening to this, he's just like, I have no idea what he's talking about, but it sounds very star, star and geeky to me. But I praise Steve because he's in on a couple of the interviews that we've got coming up. First, to the locker room, Steve Atwater and I talking with Adam Gotsis. Here in the locker room with Adam Gotsis, and uh, Adam, seems like guys seem a little refreshed, re-energized out of the bye. Do you see that here in the locker room? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you kind of get away from the building a bit and kind of that, I'd say the air in the building, that kind of, um, you know, it kind of brings in that fresh air again. And, you know, we're just looking at it as another opportunity to go get a division win. You know, we know that if we can go out and we can beat San Diego, you know, we we, do, we know that we're a better team than, than our record shows, I think. Um, but beating, beating San Diego will be a huge uh, LA, sorry, will be a huge, uh, huge, huge win for us. I mean, just from a confidence standpoint, from you know, for our own peace of mind as well. Because I mean, it's not like we're not putting in work, we're not grinding, we're not trying to get this win, you know. Um, so I think it's just going to be such a big confidence boost, and hopefully, it just kickstarts a, a, a little, a little run for us or something, you know. But uh, you know, we're just taking it one at a time, and this is the biggest one. I think you know, you see around the facility, we've got all these one and zero type things up, and. You know, it's just establishing that mindset again and almost brainwashing us into thinking, you know, who we are. Like, we are who we are, you know. We know we know who we are and we, what we bring, so. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys have watched film on all the games you've played so far. If you could put your finger on two or three things that you could say, all right, if we did these two or three things better, you know, yeah. we, we could be in a little bit better situation. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to just, just to pick, like, a couple things, but I'd probably say, you know, it kind of felt like we just got caught in, you know, bad bad personnel packages against certain teams and they just really exploited us. They knew what we were going to be in and just took advantage of it and we had that little bad stretch that really looked bad, you know, where it was like, didn't even look like we were playing ball out there. We had that three-game stretch and, you know, we've been clawing back and clawing back and we haven't been playing bad ball, I don't think. It's just couple little plays here and there I think a big thing is we've played a lot of mobile quarterbacks you know and that's made it that's that's tough and that's changing the league as well you look around the league you know you play a mobile quarterback it, it makes it a lot tougher to cover guys a lot of that RPO and stuff I think that's probably another issue that a lot of teams are facing this year in the league uh you know that's just the, it's the evolution of the game um you know you got guys that now the quarterback's a threat that you know you got to hold an extra dude that linebacker might need to hold an extra second yeah frees up the pass game you know if he doesn't hold frees up the run game so it's like you know it really puts the linebackers in a tough bind sometimes but that's where everyone just needs to do their job have confidence in the guys doing their job and you know as as our coaches preach the run guys play the run pass guys play the pass and when it all happens you know everyone does their job we make the play so you know it's just everyone just doing their job at the right time and you know you got to live with the result you know someone has to make a play when it's their play to be made now, Phil Rivers, of course, he's not mobile like some of those quarterbacks, but he causes his own problems. And also, they do a lot of motion in their offense. What do you see from the Chargers and Rivers right now? Yeah, they use a lot of motion, uh, you know, coverage identification, see what we're in. Um, you know, Philip Rivers has been around for so long, he, he can look at a defense and know know what's happening. But, you know, we've, we've given him some trouble over the last couple of years, and, you know, we plan to do that again Sunday. Um, 
But, you know, they've got, they got a lot of weapons on their side of the ball. You know, Melvin Gordon, hell of a running back, uh, can go off and, and take over a game. So we need to shut down what we, what we do inside. And then, you know, if Phil Rivers is going to stand back there and pat the ball, we've got to get to him, you know. If it's a quick game, it's, it's a little different, you know. But uh, I've got faith in our corners and our, in our coverage that we're going to tighten up on these guys and make them, you know, one-dimensional and hopefully, you know, cause him to throw a couple picks. You know, he's been pretty good with the ball, protecting it this year, getting it out quick, safe throws. But, you know, I feel like if we can get some pressure on him and, you know, shut down that run game early, you know, we, we, can, we can really change the game and hopefully get a couple turnovers and put our offense in a good position. Now, now when I watch the defense on the film, it looks like, like a lot of times offensive linemen, they'll, they'll have, like, one guy will be blocking the defensive lineman, another guy will have a hand on him waiting on the linebacker to shoot yeah. a gap. And the sooner the linebacker can shoot the gap, it seems like yeah. the better it is for the defensive lineman yeah, to be able to make plays. Yeah, and that's the tough part, you know. Uh, you get teams that go into, you know, a spread personnel and they're running that, op- uh, that RPO. The linebacker can't hit it, you know, because if he hits it, the quarterback's just going to pull it and, and throw it out to the tight end or the, the back in the flat or whatever it is. Um, so that makes it a bit tougher. But we know when, you know, they're under center or, you know, we're not really getting that RPO like Phillip Rivers. He's not really an RPO quarterback. Yeah. Our linebackers can really come downhill, pull off those double teams, add to the blitz, things like that. You know, add to pressure. If the back's going to stay in there, they can add, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's a bit different from what we've been seeing. Um, but, you know, we're, we're ready. We know, we, we know what we get when we play the Chargers. And, you know, they know what they're getting every time. So it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And, you know, they're hot right now and, and we're not. So, you know, we're hoping to change that around. Uh, you know, no one wants to be the team that's not hot. So uh, we got we got to really turn this thing around. And, you know, what a better way to do it than this Sunday. So, yeah, it'll be awesome. Here with Adam Gotsis. And, Adam, the play action, it's always been a big thing for Phil Rivers. It seems like he's taken it to another level this year in part because of their offense, in part because of Melvin Gordon. What do you have to watch when they do play action? Yeah, I think everyone's just got to be so just detailed on your assignment. Um, you know, as I was saying, you know, our, our coverage guys, they got to cover. So, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, not biting on the run and, and doing their job, you know, staying on their man, concentrating on their job. And, you know, us guys in the run, we, got, you know, when we're getting that play action, we've got to be able to convert and, and create some pressure on him. We can't just let him sit there, you know, think a play action, uh, play action read, and then he gets eight seconds back there. You know, that's not... That's not helping our cover guys out at all. So, uh, you know, if they, if they want to go play action, our rush has to get home, um, plain and simple. So, um, you know, if they're going to try and block up and, you know, expose our corners, then, you know, we got to expose their O-line and, and things like that. So it's going to be a battle, but, you know, we're, we're just looking forward to it, man. We're just, we just want to get this taste out of our mouth, I think. You know, it's been too long and, yeah, it's just like we don't want to fall into that, that rut again. And, you know, as I said, just want to get this win Sunday. That's all that matters. Last year in L.A., you had a lot of fans there. It seemed like those fans were just waiting for some reason to cheer, some reason to burst. It's a different atmosphere out there, but how much do you want to take this crowd, a quote-unquote road crowd, and actually turn it to your advantage? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the Broncos crowd in every stadium is awesome you know every stadium we go to we have Broncos fans in there and that's what you want you know um and you know what a better way to get a win for them you know the guys that came out there support us last year that are going to be back there this year again you know all your family and friends as well that come out to the games you know you want to win for them as well but you know you want to win for your brothers in here more than anything and you know I think everyone in here is just you know so ready to win and you know I think it's just it's about that time so you know, we're, we're hoping it's, it's pumping in there and it can help us out a bit. And, you know, hopefully we get after them early and see what happens, you know, to see how the game folds out. But, you know, we're, we're going to just take it play at a time, game at a time, and 
you know, live with the results that we get. Thanks to Adam. Good stuff as always. Then on Friday in the locker room, Shaq Barrett sat down with Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and I back in the Orange and Blue 760 studio. Give that a listen. Get out to the locker room at UC Health Training Center and bring on number 48, Shaq Barrett, current Denver Bronco, former CSU Ram. That's always a good thing. Shaq, thanks so much for joining us. You're on with Ryan Edwards, Andrew Mason, and Steve Atwater. How's it going? What's up, Shaq? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, always good chatting with you, man. All right, so uh, I'm always kind of curious, when you've played a team like the Chargers in division, when you've seen them so many times, a lot of questions come up about what's changed, what's different. Uh, In in the end, though, do you think the familiarity of this opponent, does that that tend to help a little bit here, or does that sometimes make it a little little bit more difficult? No, I usually help because the matchup is usually around the same guys uh, year in, year out. Like Ken and Allen been there the whole time, and then like the offensive line changed a little bit, but it's still consistency pretty much. So we we got matchups that we like, and then matchups that don't change. But the plays changed a little bit this year, and Philip Rivers been doing a good job of uh like executing the play calls, and everything is working for him right now. Yeah, you've gone up against Philip Rivers the last few years, but what is different for him and this offense this year that's allowed him to kind of hit another level? It's just all coming together. It seemed like they just added new stuff to the offense, like new like type of run plays that they never ran against us before. And it's uh, like everything. They just added more stuff to the offense to make it more of, uh, more weapons and stuff, make you have to defend more things. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough, but we we ready for the challenge. And we, we, uh, we confident in our defense, and we know we could get the job done, and we're going to get the job done. Right. Defense has been, been playing good ball here as of late. Uh, now, with the injury to Max Garcia on the offensive side of the ball, what type of pressure does that does that put on the defense? Oh, it's none. We uh, we got the next man up mentality, and everybody who uh, do get up and get uh, ready to play, they we we confident in them guys. They've been showing uh, their capabilities in practice and in the game time that they was able to get. I know they said uh, Billy's going to be there, and we hundred percent confident in Billy. He could come in and uh, pick up where. Ron left off with Max left off, and, I mean, that's, that's what's got to be done. Right. Chatting with Shaq Barrett here, first and 10 at 10, orange and blue, 760. Just a couple more questions for you, Shaq. Uh, taking on Phillip Rivers this week, and uh, it, it's an interesting thing that they're doing with the offense. They, they've really done a great job establishing the run. He's getting the ball out quick. Uh, what challenges does that present when a team seems to be playing really well with the run and uh, not a lot of time hanging out in the pocket? We got to uh, get them out of that game plan. We got to score on the offense early to get them to uh, start trying to play catch up and uh, start holding the ball longer, having to take deeper shots, not being able to run a ball because they're down. And we just got to uh, get them to play the game that we want them to play instead of their game. Melvin Gordon, what makes him so tough for some teams to contain? Man, he's he, – he, his effort and his run skill, like, he do it all. He could uh, run you over. He could jump over you. He could shake you. And then uh, his speed, like, he, he's a complete back, and, and, and it helps out uh, a lot with this game that they're in and with the uh, just just everything. I mean, he, he's a good running back, and we're going to have our hands full. But, I mean, it's, it's our hands full every week, and we always ready for the challenge. Yeah. Now, Shaq, uh, you know outside of the building there's a lot of talk kind of looking at the big picture and you know we got seven games left and everybody's feeling like we got to go on a run here what's it like inside the locker room do you guys feel that way or are you uh, do you guys truly have that one game at a time mentality 
we we know yeah we got seven left and we want to get it uh get as many wins as possible as quick as possible but we know it's a, a, a one game a week uh, mentality so we just got to uh, focus on our next opponent and then just just prepare for them so we could come out there and give us our, give ourselves the best chance possible to come out one and oh for that game and then do the next thing the next week and if we just do what we're supposed to do we might be in a, a good position at the end of the year thanks ryan thanks steve adam Shaq Barrett as well. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you after Broncos Chargers here on Horse and Around. I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horse and Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horse and Around.